0: One of the most popular sports in Cuba, contrary to most people's opinion, is not swimming. (laughs) Some of you got that. But one of the most popular sports in Cuba is boxing. Uh, For years, uh, Cuba has put out some great boxers. And having grown up in a Cuban home, Cuban culture... It's one thing that as a child I remember doing on a regular basis is watching boxing events on TV. Now, when I was growing up, you know, late 70s, during the 80s, boxing was huge. I mean, you had guys like Sugar Ray Leonard. You know, you had uh, Manos de Piedra. Anybody know his name? Roberto Duran. That's right. And so I grew up watching these guys. And uh, I quickly learned that rooting for the underdog was great. For some reason, my mom always rooted for the underdog. Uh, you know, a guy can get pummeled in the first round and the second round. She'd be rooting for him. Come on, come on. And it's interesting. I think there's something within human nature to want to root for the underdog. Uh, It's one of the reasons why I love the Olympics because usually leading up to a certain event, they have this touching story about an individual, a man or a woman, their upbringing, everything that they had to go through against all odds. And here they are now at the pinnacle of their sport and they're about to win gold and it's so exciting to root for the underdog, isn't it? And uh, I remember countless times, the man was down and out in the first round, second round. In the third round, you see a little glimpse of maybe he can win. And then the fourth round, he got pummeled again. And then into the fifth and sixth round, and then seventh and eighth round, they start making their comeback. And it's so exciting to see someone come from behind and win. Now, don't get me wrong. I love rooting for winners, But there is something within us that just loves rooting for the underdog. And I think it's because deep down inside we sense that this individual, this woman or this man, this child who is now exceeding at the highest level. We sense that even though everything was going against them, they seized an opportunity and they're making that opportunity count. They're making it worth something. They're taking advantage of the opportunity that's been given to them. You know, we have been treated to some great underdog stories here recently in the last few months. I'm going to start with Tim Tebow. Amen. A huge underdog. It seems like he's always been an underdog. Right through college, they said he would never win a national championship, and he wins a national championship. They said you'll never win the Heisman Trophy, and he wins the Heisman Trophy. Going into the pros, into the NFL, they said you'll never be a good NFL quarterback. And well, I guess good is up for, you know, discussion here because he really doesn't have the best technique. He, he really doesn't have what you would say, that is an NFL quarterback. But you know what? He takes advantage of the opportunities that has been placed before him, and he gives it his all. He gives it his best, and as a result, he won most of the games that he played this last season. And I know, I know there are a lot of Steeler fans here today, and you are still hurt about that first-round playoff loss. I know, but there again, everyone said he, "There is no way that Tim Tebow can win this game. He's going up against the number one defense, but Tim Tebow took advantage of the opportunity that was placed before him, and he made the most of it. Just recently, Lynn sanity. How many of you guys have heard of Jeremy Lynn? Most of you have. Uh, at early church, um, I, I said Lynn, and, and the gentleman said, You know, I don't even watch basketball, but I know who Jeremy Lynn is. He's been all over the news. Here's a guy that was down and out. He'd been tossed off of several teams, and the only reason why he got to play and be put up into the lineup was because someone else got injured. But here's a guy who made the most of an opportunity. You know, this series, we've been talking about stewardship. And I've said this several times already, that stewardship is not about acquiring more. Stewardship is about taking what we've been given and making the most of it. It's taking what God has given us and making it count. We've talked about words the words that we use, that we should make our words count. The words that God has given us, take those words and make it count. We've talked about time. Taking our time, the time that God has given us. Everyone's been given 24 hours in a day. Take that time and make it count. Make the most of it. Today we're going to talk about opportunities. Opportunities taking the opportunities that God gives us and making the most of it, making those opportunities count. Now, opportunities come almost every day. We have opportunities every day. And, you know, sometimes because of our choices, little choices that we make day by day, we are we are then granted or afforded great opportunities in life. But sometimes opportunities come when we're least expecting it. It just kind of falls on our lap. And sometimes, there, you know, we only recognize an opportunity after it's too late. I want to quote to you Mark Twain. He says, I was seldom able to see an opportunity until it had ceased to be one. How many of you feel like Mark Twain? You know, sometimes we look back and we say, man, I should have taken advantage of that opportunity that I was given. It just passed. And some of us say, man, if only I knew then what I know now, I would have taken better advantage of the opportunity that I had to spend time with my children when my children were still at home. Or man, I wish I, I I can just rewind because I would have taken better advantage of the opportunity that I had to be a loving husband and a patient husband when I was still married. And we look back sometimes and we say man, I missed out on that opportunity, some of us might say, man, I missed out on the opportunity to go to school, to go to college. Or some of us might say, I should have taken better advantage of the opportunity that I had while I was in school to learn more and get better grades. But you know what the neat thing is about opportunities? That even though right now you might feel as though some opportunities have passed you by, The neat thing about opportunities is that they keep on coming. Opportunities will keep on coming your way. And see, you might feel, man, I missed out on that opportunity. That's true. We can live and learn, but I don't want you living in the past because I don't want you to miss out on the opportunities that are coming because that's the neat thing about opportunities is that they just keep on coming. And so what I want to share with you here today are three guiding principles that will help you take advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way. Three guiding principles that will help you make those opportunities in your life count. In other words, if you keep these three guiding principles kind of floating around in the back of your mind and you apply these guiding principles, you will see that you will take the most advantage of the opportunities in your life. And so guiding principle number one glorify God. Guiding principle number one, in order to take advantage of the opportunities that come your way is glorify God. Let me share this story with you and hopefully it'll help illustrate what I mean. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter five. 2 Kings chapter five. I'm reading from the New King James Version today. 2 Kings chapter 5, starting with verse 1. It truly is one of my all-time favorite Old Testament stories. 2 Kings chapter 5, starting with verse 1, says this. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor. But the Bible says he was a leper. So here you have this great man, a man of valor, a mighty man, an intelligent man. Someone who knew the art of war. But the Bible says that he had a flaw. And that's a pretty big flaw. He was a leper. It says here in verse two, and the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Verse three, then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Now I think that this is so interesting that here you have this young girl who is captive. She's basically a slave in Naaman's house, and here she's presented with an opportunity. Is she not? She is presented with an opportunity. Now, most of us here, including myself, would say, you know what? She has every reason in the world not to take advantage of this opportunity and glorify God. Every reason. She's been taken away from her home. She's been stripped away from her friends and family. Why should she take advantage of this opportunity and glorify God? But what does she do? She takes that opportunity and despite all the odds, here you have a true underdog, despite all the odds, she says, I'm going to take this opportunity to glorify God. And this needs to be a guiding principle for all of us. Here's a better way of maybe understanding how to apply this principle to your life. Whenever you're faced with a decision, ask yourself, how can I glorify God? How can I use this opportunity to glorify God? You see, because when this young girl got the news that that she was serving someone who was a leper, she was faced with a decision. She had an opportunity She could have stayed silent, but instead she chose to allow this guiding principle to decide for her what she should do. And so she chose to glorify God with her decision. And it says here in verse 3, we'll read it again. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Verse 4, and Naaman went... In and told his master, saying, Dust and dust, said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send the letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now, remember, that here the king of Syria has just gone through several raids of Israel, right? I mean, he's gone, he's gone through some raids, he's taken some captives back, and now he's saying, man, there's actually someone in Israel that can help, you know, my commander-in-chief, my military intelligence, I can have someone help him? And so he humbles himself. He writes this letter to the king of Israel. And he says, can you help Naaman out? And this is how the letter reads. It says, now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my servant to you that you may heal him of his leprosy. Now, the king of Israel has an opportunity, does he not? He has an opportunity to, if we're applying this this principle, he has an opportunity to what? Glorify God, taking advantage of an opportunity that has just fallen on his lap because a young girl took advantage of an opportunity to glorify God. And so now the king of Israel has this opportunity now. What do you think he does with it? Maybe the better question is, what would you do with that opportunity? Well, his response is in verse 7. It says, and it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. And so he does not take advantage of this opportunity to glorify God. Instead, he gets mad. He gets upset. He says, who does this guy think he is? (laughs) But when Elisha heard the news, what do you think Elisha did? Do you think Elisha responded the same way? Or do you think that Elisha took advantage of an opportunity to glorify God? His response is in verse 8. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, what are you thinking? Are we not going to take advantage of this opportunity that we have to glorify God? I mean, are you crazy? And so he says here, why have you torn your clothes Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. In other words, bring him my way. I'm taking advantage of this opportunity to lift up the name of God. I am taking the opportunity here to glorify God. Elisha took advantage of an opportunity that was presented to him. And a guiding principle in Elijah's thinking was, how can I glorify God? Because Elisha knew that by having that guiding principle in your life, how can I glorify God? How can I glorify God? Elisha knows that with that mentality, you will take advantage to the utmost the opportunities that God brings your way. And so as a result, you know, you can read the rest of the story. Naaman goes to Elisha's house and they interact. And and, uh, and finally, Naaman is healed of his leprosy. Can you imagine what a witness, what a testimony for Naaman going back to Syria? I mean, just imagine the, the impact that that, that that had. And so the first guiding principle to taking advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way, is to glorify him. Ask yourself, in this opportunity, in this decision that I'm making, how can I glorify him? Because if you have that thinking, if you have that mentality, you will take advantage to the utmost the opportunities that God brings your way. Now, Here's another principle, a guiding principle that should help you take advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way. Guiding principle number two, do the right thing. Do the right thing. You see, day in and day out, we are presented with opportunities, decisions that we need to make. And a guiding principle needs to be doing The right thing. Now I want you to keep your finger there in 2 Kings because we're going to come back to that. But I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel. Book of Daniel chapter 1. We read a story here of some young men who chose to do the right thing. They were presented with an opportunity. And they chose what? To do the right thing. Daniel chapter 1 starting with verse 5. Daniel chapter 1, verse 5. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name of Bethlehem, Belt to Shazar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. Verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would do the right thing. That's uh, Q's commentary there. That he would do the right thing. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king's delicacies. Nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now here, very simple. Daniel and his friends decided that what? They were going to do the right thing. An opportunity was presented to them. And they understood that in order to take advantage of this opportunity, I need to do the right thing. And we are faced with opportunities every day to do the right thing. Every day, whether we're in school, whether we're at work, whether we're at home, we are given the opportunity day in and day out to do the right thing. And all I'm saying today is that if you want to take advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way, do the right thing. Whether it's a business transaction, whether it's um, a a report that you're writing out for school, whether it's, it's working on the car or spending time with the family, whether it's coming to church and serving in any capacity, do the right thing. What you know to be true, just follow your, follow, step out in faith. Just step out and say, I'm going to do the right thing here. Because when you do that, you're taking advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way. Now, I told you to keep your finger in 2 Kings. I want you to go back to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20. Because here is a story of someone who, when given an opportunity... Didn't do the right thing. Verse 20 says, but Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God said, look, my master has spared Naaman, this this Syrian, while not receiving from his hands, but he brought, but as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. After Naaman had been healed, Naaman wanted to give an offering. But Elisha said, no, 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 no. I, I'm not going to take this offering from you. What I do is for the Lord. I, I glorify God. That's what I do with my opportunities. I'm not going to make money off of this. Well, his servant wasn't very happy with that. His servant is seeing dollar signs. Man, we had an opportunity to make some cash. You see how that driving principle can lead you into trouble? You see how that guiding principle will not allow you to take advantage of the opportunities. If that is what you're thinking, man, we need to make money, we need to make money, and that's your driving principle, I'm telling you, you're not going to take advantage of the opportunities that God gives you. If you really want to take advantage of the the opportunities that God sends your way, glorify him. If you really want to take advantage of the opportunities that God gives you, do the right thing. And so here, it says in verse 21, So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? In verse 22, And he said, All is well. My master has sent me. Not true. Saying, Indeed, just now two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Not true. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of garment. Not true. Not true. And so here he goes after Naaman, spits out all of these lies. He's not doing the right thing. He saw an opportunity, but he's not doing the right thing. What do you think happened? What do you think happened here to the servant? Well, not good. Uh, We're going to jump down to verse 25. Uh, Elisha, here in verse 25, it says, Now he went in and stood before his master Elisha said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, now listen, here he's given another opportunity to what? Do the right thing. He's given another opportunity to do the right thing. I'm telling you, opportunities come. You may fail at one. You may have one pass you by, but I'm telling you that opportunities will keep on coming. And so it's never too late to apply these principles to your life. It's never too late. Right now, you can leave this place saying, you know what? Whenever I have an opportunity that comes my way, I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to do the right thing. But here, unfortunately, he did not choose to do the right thing when this opportunity presented itself to him. And so he responded and said, your servant did not go anywhere. I I don't know what you're talking about. I I didn't didn't do anything. Apparently, he missed a part earlier where it says that Elisha was a man of God. Uh, Because here in verse 26, it says, then he said to him, did not my heart go with you? When the man turned back from his chariot to meet you, is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves and vineyard sheeps and oxen, male and female servants? Verse 27, therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence leprous as white as snow. He didn't take full advantage of the opportunity that he was given to glorify God and to do the right thing. And if you go down that road, if you go down that road, it will ultimately end in your destruction. It will ultimately end in pain and turmoil. If we truly want to take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us, we need to start thinking along the lines, you know what, I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to do the right thing. You know, it strikes me that when you read through the scriptures, you read from Genesis all the way to Revelation. I mean, obviously, you know, God gave us this book to reveal to us his love for us and to reveal to us you know his plan of salvation that's why he's given us this book right but isn't it interesting that god chose to tell us or or share with us that message with a collection of stories of men and women who were presented with opportunities That's right. It is a collection of stories of men and women who were given an opportunity, and then we read what happens. How did they take advantage of that opportunity? Go through all the scripture. You have Abraham. Moses was given an opportunity. Moses didn't want to take the opportunity at first, remember? He was kind of, no, God, it's not me. I don't want to go. I don't want to go, but God, you know, this is a good opportunity for you. I want you to experience this. Finally, Moses said, okay, I'll glorify you. I'll do what's right? I'll take advantage of this opportunity. And what ended up happening? huh? And, and when you go through all of scripture, it is, it is a collection of stories of men and women when faced with an opportunity, they take either advantage of it, like Esther was given an awesome opportunity. And what did she do? She glorified God. She did the right thing. All through scripture, Paul, Peter, James, all the disciples. I mean, you go all the way through the scriptures and it is a collection of stories of men and women who were presented with an opportunity and you see them making the most of it. You see them making those opportunities count. And so here's the third guiding principle that we need to apply to our lives if we want to take advantage of the opportunities that God has given us. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. It's a little book in the New Testament just past 2 Corinthians. Galatians chapter 5. This one might surprise you. Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 13. Verse 13 and 14. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. It says this, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. In other words, through Jesus Christ, we experience freedom. We we experience the freedom, uh, um, the the chains of, of bondage have been taken away. And so we have been called to a life of liberty. And then he says here, Only do not use this liberty... As an opportunity for the flesh. In other words, don't use this freedom that you have for an opportunity to indulge the flesh. No, 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 no. What does he say? He says, instead, use this freedom. And whenever you have opportunity, right? He says, but through love, serve one another. Verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so here we're being taught that if you want to take advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way, one of the guiding principles in your life needs to be, how can I serve others? How can I reach out to someone else? If I'm given an opportunity to serve, you need to take a close look at that. You just can't say, no, 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 you know, I don't want to do that. No, if you're presented with an opportunity to serve someone... Whether it's someone who's stranded on the street, their car is broken down. Whether it's a neighbor or someone that needs their leaves raked around, you know, their yard. Whatever it might be. If it's an activity here in the church where we're needing people to bring their coupons back for the potluck. (laughs) Or turn in their nominations for the organizing committee. When you're given an opportunity, take advantage of it and serve others. Serve others, because if that is a guiding principle by which you live your life, you will see that you will be taking full advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way. I want to share with you just one more text. It's found in 1 Peter. It's a little bit past Galatians. Just keep on going towards the end, and you'll run into 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 I apologize my bible is falling apart here 1 Peter chapter 4 here in verse 10 says this As each one has received a gift minister it to one another now Listen to this we've been talking about stewardship right? This whole series we've been talking about stewardship, right? It says here, it says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good, what? Stewards of the manifold grace of God. A guiding principle. Something that we need to have ready. Something that needs to be driving our decision making is whether or not we're serving someone else. And I know that in today's day and age, that becomes harder and harder to do as everything turns inwardly. You know, everyone says, you know, take care of yourself. Watch out for yourself. You know, you need to protect you and your family and you come first. Where's the me time, me time? I'm not sure that the Bible talks too much about that. We read certain times when Jesus, you know, removed himself from the crowds, but he removed himself to do what? To spend time with God to re-energize himself so that he can do what? Go back to serve. And so when you're presented with an opportunity to serve, take advantage of that. Because when you do that, you will be taking full advantage of the opportunities that God brings your way. And so the three guiding principles that should drive this, the three guiding principles that will help us take advantage, full advantage... Of the opportunities that God brings our way, what are they? Glorify God, glorify God. Do the right thing whenever possible. Just, just make just purpose in your heart. I'm going to do the right thing, and then number three, what are you going to do? Have you guys been listening, or have you dozed off already? Serve others. If you do those three things, you will find yourself taking full advantage of the opportunities that God has brought your way. And so what happens is that you take the opportunities and you make them count.